Helena Wasserman, Editor-in-Chief of Business Insider. How are you doing? Fine yourself. What a grim time. I know. I mean, you don't live out in the sort of Higa Valley area and whatever, eh? No. Okay, so you don't have a home that's okay. That's good. At least, at least you're fine. Um, but you're lots to talk about. I mean, we'll talk about tomato prices and, and and all sorts of other stuff. But this fire, I mean, we've said we've had many fires before, and I mean, listen, the the, the Neisner ones were still, you know, some of the worst that we've seen. But hey, I don't know. Hey, do you drive into work in the morning? No, it was a nightmare. And I mean, this morning, I, I actually called a red eye flight to Joburg. Mm. It looked like a nightmare. I mean, the whole mountain was on fire. Yeah. It, it, it was cold everywhere. And yeah, it's the worst possible time. Everything is dry. It's right at the end of summer. Anyway, we'll see. We'll obviously keep an eye on this. But let's talk about tomatoes, shall we? Um, let's talk about those tomato prices that are skyrocketing again, and this time they're even more expensive. Yes, yeah, so we saw at the, uh, about a month ago tomato prices, you couldn't find tomatoes, it was very mm. difficult to find tomatoes, um, record prices, and this is um, because of rains in January and February in Limpopo, which basically drowned the tomatoes and really had a big knock-on impact. On, on the harvest, and we're now actually seeing how big that impact is because the, the economists and the agricultural guys told us, you know, um, things would have settled by now, the prices would have stabilized, but we're not seeing that. We saw the price of tomatoes climb by 21% in one week, and it's now double the average price of tomatoes. Oh, um, and still, you know, supplies are still very, it's very difficult to, to, to get tomatoes. You say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> you say potato, I say potato. Now, uh, Lena Vassar, <laughs> business insider. Yeah, that's scary. Why don't we just grow our own darn stuff? You know, I, I look at these prices and I'm going, hold on. Is it possible for me to grow garlic and ginger at home? If it is, I think I should do that. And then I'm going to start growing tomato, tomatoes, whatever. I'm going to grow that as well because um, oh, if you, if, if you, we should actually investigate that value chain and understand exactly where some of the, 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 the more hectic escalation actually emanates from. And that's absolutely true. Um, what's, what is very interesting is that carrot, carrots are also in short supply and some of the other vegetables. But we're sitting with a massive overstock of some fruits. It's like we're getting reports of pears and apples and stuff that you know people are uh, struggling to get rid of, maybe because of import as well. Mm. But, yeah, so it's, it's quite interesting to see which which of the produce are, is actually in short supply. At the and also, I mean, uh, oranges. Is, is oranges on that list? Because I obviously I think oranges are probably still out of season. So I normally go to checkers and I go and try and find oranges between checkers and Woolies, and I try and find oranges. But the the stuff that I found, I mean, I found one bag which is nice and and and, and supple, and I could squeeze it and juice it and yeah. do what I need to. But yeah. some of these other stuff, I'm going, hello, where did you find these oranges in the drought? Because. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm a big grape person. And what mm. I don't understand is why I have to pay. It, it was a very good season for table grapes, as far as I understand. I have to pay like 70 rand for two pallets of grapes. I can get a bottle of wine for cheaper than that. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I don't understand why grapes are so expensive. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I would say make your own wine, but then you'd need to use the grapes. Um, I mean, if you look at what those poor farmers make on their wine and how yeah. they get squeezed, 
I mean, that's, I've heard, and, and I mean, obviously, I, mean, I need better fact around this, but I'm told it's like a random bottle or something where, they, where, they, where they're making that. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely blonk, blonk and crazy. But anyway, so also, you know, this other story you've done, interesting, calling a South African business from a cell phone. Um, you may be paying more than you think. Yeah, so we've, we've complaints about people looking at their um, cell phone accounts. They thought they were they were calling a discount business hotline, you know, to figure out accounts mm. or whatever. Um, and they're saying they're paying enormous amounts. So we, we had a look at what you're paying, and I think people are still under misconceptions. There are a lot of misconceptions about the, the price of calling a business. You know, so I would assume with an 0860 number, for example, that you would pay less or share call number. Yep. And what we found is that is absolutely not the case. You're paying full rates and you're not allowed on a cell phone number full rates. Um, and you're not, you can't use your three minutes for that oh, as well. Yeah. So that's a double whammy. I, I, yeah, it's, it's quite harsh. And then, of <laughs> yeah. course, with the great customer service and, 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 and those, those lovely automated telephones, we will be with you. You are number 3,564 in the queue. Please have a yeah. smile and listen to this music, which emanates from the 1970s. <laughs> um, I mean, that is, and, and then we end up spending money on that. Yes, you know, it could cost, easily cost like 100 rand for a, you know, if you're holding on for 20, 25 minutes mm. from a cell phone, you know, you're not catching a break. They're charging you full, absolutely full cost. So, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And then South Africans, the ones who have money, are spending at a brisk rate or maybe access to a credit card, I should be saying, you know, more than yeah. 1 trillion rand in transactions in one month. Yes. So that's just very interesting. So we saw in February that retail sales uh, grew much faster than economists were expecting. And we also yep. see mining doing really well. So this is another sign. Uh, we're seeing this, this index that tracks from um, – it's the a payment clearinghouse, Banks of Africa, which does all the clearing for bank transactions. Um, and they keep, keep quite close tabs on the number of transactions and the volume of transactions going through the banks. And yeah, we see, you know, according to their index, it's a record number, near record uh, volumes of transactions going through. So there's, you know, there's, there's action in the economy. They're saying that it could be partly because of the, um, because of checks, you know, from the start of January, you're not allowed to clear a check in South Africa anymore. So it could be because of checks going out of the system, but I can't think that that's what's <laughs> There are people with checks. I mean, there should be five people with yeah, checks in this whole country. Well, obviously, that's like large amounts usually. Mm. Uh, so that could have helped, but it's still, you know, encouraging sign that the economy is really picking up. Great. And are we going to see that reflecting in, um, you know, some of the results of some of these retailers, I would imagine? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll analyze that. Anyway, um, South Africa now has a rough plan to deal with injury claims from COVID vaccines. Now, companies won't be liable. Yes, so the big pharma guys, the guys who supply their vaccines, they're doing it um, on the condition that if something goes wrong, if there's some sort of, if you, you know, injured or killed because of the vaccine, they can't be liable. This is not unique to South Africa. This is across the world. Um, you know, this is the sort of the deal that, that countries are making with these big uh, pharmaceutical companies. 
And in South Africa, we now have an idea. Government has a draft plan about how the system will work. They're setting up a scheme. There will be some money in the scheme, and you'll be able to basically sue the scheme or mediate with the scheme. But you could still end up in court. Um, Mm. So there's not a lot of detail. But in a nutshell, you won't be able to go to Pfizer or to Johnson & Johnson if something goes wrong. Yep, well, you are listening to Helena Wasserman, Editor-in-Chief of Business Insider South Africa. It is 14 minutes to 11, and when we return, then we'll be finding out more about some of the really lacquer stuff that they've been covering. And I tell you, it's, it's so refreshing. You go from new site to new site to new site, and you go to Business Insider, and you go, oh, lacquer, I like that. That's interesting, and it's not the regurgitation of the same nonsense that, 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 that newsrooms do on a daily basis. So that is always um, interesting. But anyway, your time now, 13 minutes to 11. Helena will be wrapping with us next. Evan, as we wrap with Helena Wasserman, Editor-in-Chief of Business Insider South Africa. Business Insider, by the way, we had this discussion the last time. 17 other um, territories is where Business Insider exists as well. Is that right? Yes. I think it's 18. Mexico joined us uh, last year. Oh, Mexico and China too. What do they call it in China? Never mind. No, not not China, just Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Just checking. Anyway... (laughs) Anyway, um, let's move on. Um, so we've talked about, we've, we've spoken about, you know, um, South Africa has a rough plan to deal with injury claims with COVID vaccines. Com- companies won't be liable. We've touched on that. I would imagine it's fair. I mean, if you're telling me to do this thing in a month, I'm going to try my best. Um, but then you also want to go and label me with all sorts of other stuff, um, you know, like potentially imprisoning me if someone has blood clots and dies or, or taking away 20% of my of my net worth. I don't think there'd be much of an incentive for those companies in any case. Um, but let's talk about this this, this uh, Lesotho Dacha grower just landed Africa's first approval to sell to the EU. Yeah, so this company, NG Health in Lesotho, uh, found it four years ago, they met uh, the EU's good manufacturing practice standards and they're now allowed to export the medical cannabis flower, uh, which is used in as a sort of active pharmaceutical ingredient in these sort of Baja CBD products in Europe. So yeah, it's a massive market. It's a big uh, boom for Lesotho, which has a very um, liberal Dacha policy and Dacha growing policy. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a it's a good development. How easy is it to register a business in Lesotho again? Sorry. How easy? I wonder how easy it is to register a business in Lesotho. Uh, it's no idea, but it's oh. it's quite easy to run a cannabis business. In Just thinking of my having you know buying a farm. Uh, anyway, I really don't know. I mean, between tomatoes and potatoes, okay, no, not those ones, but uh, between between tomatoes and and the other herb, maybe you know. Yeah. Um, apparently, the profit margins are pretty good. Now, yeah. I see SARS receives almost ninety thousand applications for 500 jobs now of course they're looking for people involved in like data science etc etc because they want to catch the scallums out there um, that's right yeah we had a discussion about this fact that they've cut, hmm. uh, the advertiser got three billion rand from government to expand their expertise and they got ninety thousand applicants um 
and hundreds of CAs and yeah, thousands of graduates, uh, but they're still looking for a couple of um, positions, so they're still advertising. Some of the, the high-tech um, high sort of positions are still open. Um, yes, so, yeah, so they're definitely beefing up. No, indeed. Um, so Lesotho, ladies and gentlemen, the place to go, SARS. Um, yeah, it's probably one of the hardest places to get into if one looks at those ratios. And then Vodacom clients can now get fast food, what, and appliances, and pay later. Wow. Yes, this is such an interesting one to me. So basically how it works is if you're a Vodacom client and you're in good standing, um, you know, you've paid your, you know, you 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 pay your accounts or, or um, you know, you f- you're an active prepaid user, you can now get uh, vouchers for Nando's ranging from 25 rand to 75 rand and vouchers for Hirsch's, the, the appliance uh, retailer, for up to 1,000 rand. And you only need to, so you can pay with that voucher, but you only need to pay it back within 30 days. Is it interest-free, I take it? Yeah, I think it is. Oh, they get, you pay a service fee of five rand or ten rand per so purchase. Mm. So they're hoping lots of people are going to buy Nando's and appliances. Yeah, <laughs> it feels very high risk. Yeah, I, I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, Nando's, I can still understand. You know, like how wrong can you go on like seventy-five rand? But when you start buying appliances, but I mean, for a thousand bucks, what appliance can you? Okay, I suppose you can buy appliances for a thousand rand. I mean, you can get a half decent toaster or something um, for yeah. four thousand bucks. Um, and then, what happens when people don't pay? That's uh, they'll probably cut you off. You can't be a Vodacom client anymore. But still, you know, it's... it would it would only be for people on contract phones, I would imagine. I don't think so. No, I think it's um, people who buy data, regularly buy data bundles as well. You're kidding me. So I can have a prepaid burn phone. And go and buy a couple of, <laughs> you yeah. know, appliances and, and stuff myself with Nando's and then just throw my phone away. Mm. Because people yes. don't get re properly in this country in any case. Yeah. It'll be interesting, yeah. one. It'll be interesting yeah, to see. Now, mm. I see the JSC is uh, getting a new, what? The JSC is getting a new coal company. Like, of course, we, we need another coal company in, in, yes. in this country because our air is so clean. Um, it's uh, created out of the Anglo assets. And so tell us about how, how big it could be. Yeah, so Anglo-American basically is unbundling its coal assets mm. into a new company. Anglo-American wants to be carbon neutral by 2035. And, of course, you can't be that if you have, like, large coal assets. So they're basically distancing themselves from coal. And they're, uh, you know, rolling all of their coal assets into this company called Tungela Resources, which will be listed on the JSE and in London. And according to the analysts that we spoke to, it will have a market value of around 18 to 20 billion rand, which is roughly the same size as Telcom and Truist, and about a third the size of another coal company called Exaro. You said Tugela Resources? Tungela. Oh, Tungela, because there's there's a Tugela as well. Um, yes. And, and who, who again will be the, do we know the shareholders are going to be in this? So all Anglo-American shareholders, they'll get one share in Tungela for every 10 Anglo shares that they hold. 
So basically everybody who's a Anglo shareholder will be a shareholder of Tungela. Oh, very interesting indeed. Mm. Well, Helena, always is lack of chatting to you. Um, what are your plans for this week? Sure, just working on the files. We're looking at satellite pictures and seeing exactly where it all goes. And yeah, it's horrific. Job of an editor, I tell you. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's hectic stuff. Helena, thank you very much for your time as always.